This episode brought to you by Gorebox, the only monthly subscription box that gives you horror fans what you want. Actual gore. When you sign up, you will receive a box each month filled to the brim with human and or animal blood, flesh, and organs. The fellas down at Gorebox have the inside scoop on where to find the latest hard-to-find blood and guts. Whether it's from roadkill, autopsies, or your neighbor's little secret, they source it, box it, and send it to your doorstep. Sign up today for yourself or surprise a friend with a monthly subscription. That's Gorebox. Sign up today at allgore.com. That's A-L-L-G-O-R-E dot com. Use promo code HMT at checkout to receive refrigerated shipping. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the calm collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who is always cool. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we uh, we also review older horror movies, both both good and horrible. Wow, you got some juice in there, son. Uh. <laughs> Holy moly. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. You'll find links to our social media there. We post new episodes every Wednesday. Subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or Google. We just joined the Amazon Associates program, which means you can support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product on Amazon if you click through the green button on the head of our website. So check that out and do that for your Christmas shopping. Also, we have an audience survey that's on the main nav or on the sidebar of the post for this episode. Also, sponsor Shudder uh, is a great place to watch a great curated list of horror movies streaming it's like yeah it's like a it's like a streaming platform for horror movies yeah and shows it's like the netflix of horror yeah shutter it s-h-u-d-d-e-r.com and if you're interested use promo code hmt at checkout to receive a 30-day free trial as opposed to the regular seven-day free trial they're uh they're a friend of the show and we've definitely used them to watch some movies that we feature yeah almost here. almost used them to watch this movie yeah they had we're gonna be reviewing silent night deadly night yeah and they were supposed to have it it was up there for like a minute yeah they did have it for a little bit but uh it wasn't on anymore and i i think there was some kind of error i, I posted on twitter i asked them what happened and and some they never responded but the there was a user that said that they uploaded the wrong like aspect ratio mm-hmm. it was a widescreen version and they loaded it up as four by three which then. like made it posted stamp size it makes sense it, yeah it's it's um yeah because you can't find it on amazon right now right now unless you unless shutter um has uh has um, offered it um since since we recorded this the only place that you can you can go to stream it is um Google Play or or YouTube, either one works. Yeah, I think iTunes might have it. Yeah, I'm I'm not in that uh, universe, so I don't I don't know much about that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find it available to rent some places, and that's where we we rented it. We watch it on Google Play, YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, yeah, we'll be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, each episode, we give a brief review. And a score for the movie, we score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge, 
and 10 being so good it's not only one of the greatest horror movies but transcends the genre and is one of the greatest movies period yeah and uh five is just average so you get exactly what you expect no surprises no disappointments yeah um later we'll have a couple bits we'll be doing taglines where we choose alternate taglines for the movie we're reviewing and kill count a game where i give david two movies and he has to choose which one has the higher death count on it yeah it's a game i'm not very good at also you guys should check us out at our website horrormovietalk.com yeah check us out we got um keith uh, just released a uh, a huge blog last week about um boy what it what well, it was uh the original versus remake of a nightmare on elm street and he's comparing them and yeah it's like a master's thesis on <laughs> those two movies yeah it's great yeah, and uh, like the social media post I made about it was like, which is better? And it got so much hate. People were like, are you fucking joking? Like they just read the post and were like, are you joking? Which, which one's better? Which one do you think, idiot? I was like, did you read the did you read the blog or did you just read my post? And it's like, oh, I just read the post. So um, I, sh- I should have seen that coming. My bad. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Let's get on to the show. Again, we rented Silent Night, Deadly Night, and to be honest, it's probably one of my new favorite horror movies now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Here is the trailer. Wow. Before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. So again, Silent Night, Deadly Night can be found on Google Play, iTunes, uh, YouTube, and Voodoo. Spelled V-U-D-U. I don't know what that is. Um, that's like one of those digital movie services that you can get the digital copy if you buy the oh. DVDs, but you can also buy the movies directly. It's actually kind of nice because if you have like a huge library of DVDs, you can just pay like five dollars or whatever to get the digital copy wait or you could just you know rip it 
<laughs> so like, oh well, I, I don't, I, we don't need to go into that. But you got to spend another five. So you spent money to get the right. physical copy, and now you got to spend more money to get the same thing. Hey man, digital. I didn't write copyright laws. No joke. Um, <clears throat> Silent Night, Deadly Night is about a young man named Billy who witnessed the murder of his parents at the hands of a criminal in a Santa suit. Since then, Billy grew up in a Catholic orphanage where his traumatic childhood has been stringently repressed by the Mother Superior and has been imbued with a strict and black-and-white sense of morality. Billy is still terrified by Santa even as an adult, but one fateful Christmas Eve, he is asked to be Santa Claus for the store he works at. That experience, along with a series of events, brings Billy to the point of a psychotic break, and he begins a killing spree dressed as Santa. It's awesome. <laughs> wow, you really like that. I really do. A did. lot. Silent Night, Deadly Night is the best version of this movie that I can imagine. The script is way tighter than it needs to be in terms of setting up and executing the major moving pieces of the plot. This is an exploitative slasher that doesn't have any delusions of grandeur, but is more enjoyable than most slasher movies I have seen. Billy's character is terrifying as well as pitiable. Some of the killings have real weight to them, though most are as cheap as any slasher death. There's a lot of creativity in the methods of killing, and since you actually kind of care about the main character, there's a constant tension on how it will play out for him in the end. I highly recommend you watch it this Christmas season. I gave it a 9 out of 10. What the fuck? A 9 uh, out of 10? What's I love the matter this with movie. you? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, my God. I disagree. Um, not like... I mean... I, <laughs> 9 out of 10 is is exorbitantly high. Now I know how it must feel to be you listening to me talk. <laughs> because I get so excited about everything. I almost gave it an eight, but while I was like thinking about it, I'm like, no, I really, really love this movie. Like I can't if there was silent. if there was a what movie. What world does was, Silent Night, Deadly Night get nine out of ten? Again, it's like I, I scale on <laughs> what what is it trying to be? Where does it where does it lie? It's like when you if you like score Exorcist, it's like, oh yeah, but the production quality and the makeup is just so cheap and dumb. It's like no, it's yeah perfect for yeah. for what it is and when it was. It's definitely high and tight for what it is and when it was. It's yeah. it's keeping it high and tight. Yeah, and that's um, it's admirable. And look, I didn't. I, it's not like I. Uh, I I didn't have a good time. I uh -huh. had a good time. Um, the start was genuinely uh, alarming uh -huh. and exploit exploitative, mm -hmm. um, which you know, as a rule, I'm not a, such a big fan of. But uh, that being said, it was a pretty, it was a definitely a Christmas movie, one hundred percent, and uh, it was also a fun movie. Uh, but it was exactly what I expected. So based on that, I'm I'm like I was fighting between a five and a six. I'm gonna go six. Yeah, because it was enjoyable. It just was exactly what I expected, and and not a whole lot. More. Yeah, I, I think the thing that pushes it over the edge is the. <laughs> I know how much just a you couple get... little touches just sealed the deal of this is. A way higher quality. There is a lot more 
effort and thought that went into this movie than I would have ever expected. It, it definitely is surprising in that respect. It's like the amount of effort that went into like looking at the what would happen to you mentally if right and and uh, and that's impressive. Like I, I I said multiple times during this movie to Carrie, I was like, boy, this is like. This is like actual PTSD. Right. Like this is and 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 it's a really like in-depth and honest kind of look at it right. at what it would be. And I mean not for, not entirely accurate but like convincing. Yeah, very convincing and and clearly thought has been given to this kid having a real real upsetting time <laughs> and and then being broken because of it. Right. You know, being busted inside. And it and it's in nineteen eighty four, like all this introspection coming from a slasher in nineteen eighty four called Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> and I know that that so the, the, there's another aspect of this nine out of ten that you're giving it uh-huh. that I that that I respect, which is and I knew it was gonna happen, which is Bryce Bryce's jollies come from places you don't expect and you won't you can't really fully appreciate at the same level that he would he likes things differently than you and for a reason that you will never like you'll you'll go when he explains it to you you go oh yeah i guess that makes sense but he has derived so much more joy out of it than you ever possibly could even after he explains it to you yeah i mean the premise the premise is like Jack Frost level premise or like Puppet Master level. I mean, it's a, it's a full moon productions setup of Santa, a guy in a Santa suit yeah. turns into serial killer is like, it's not, you that, expect it's a not certain, that far away though. It's not, it's not full moon far away. It's not like there's magic happening. It's, it's pretty based. I mean, it's. But the the quality of of the plot and the character development and the setup mm-hmm. is vastly different. Yeah. It's like in those in like a puppet master movie, you're given they're puppets that are evil. Just don't overthink it. Yeah. And this one, it it is overthought. Yeah. All Just of like it. this, we have to we have to make this make sense. It's very and believable. You really don't have to make it make sense. <laughs> the, the image of a guy in a Santa suit killing people is the is what sells it. But in this movie, they made it make sense and made it plausible. There was a lot of respect being paid, right? To yeah, the plausibility of of a slasher, yeah, a 1984 slasher, and just in terms of like what you want from a slasher, which is interesting deaths, um, like just cool. You know sequences. Yeah, it's it's got that in spades too. So, I I think, like I said, I I had it an eight, but then I, the more I thought about it, the more I I realized I just really love this movie. That's hey man, you know that's just like your opinion, man. It's not a ten. It's not perfect. <laughs> I like that you're putting this next to Hereditary, <laughs> like butting right up next to Hereditary. Uh-huh. Also. Uh, well, it's not Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's not like <laughs> it's not like an art house or like a slow burn thing, but it for what it is, it's it's almost perfect. It is it is impressive for what it is. Yeah, but what like it, it is is not impressive. It doesn't, and it gets a couple points just because I don't feel it has as much recognition recognitions that it should. It's definitely yeah. It definitely um, it definitely 
needs more it needs to be out there more like right. like gremlins it should be it should be like in the pantheon of some of the most notable horror movies oh yeah ever. yeah didn't it be uh well i'm i'm getting ahead of yeah, us yeah. now um so anyways um that's that's our scores let's get on to discussion and spoiler territory Spoilers. So, yeah, talking, not not quite a spoiler, but the production or the release history of this movie is really interesting. It came out on the same day as Nightmare on Elm Street, and it outperformed it on its first week. It crushed it on its <clears throat> first week. And it was like, I think it was just a limited release. It wasn't like a full-on release. But mothers back in the 80s got their panties in such a bind about Santa Claus killing people that there was this huge movement to pull it from theaters. And I think after two or three weeks, the studio pulled it from theaters. Like, it it did not have a full run. And then um, people speculate that there was intercompany politics because I think it's TriStar that released it, was owned or was a subsidiary of Coca-Cola. And if you oh, don't know, yeah. Christmas is like a huge part of the Coca-Cola brand. Isn't that and interesting? They didn't, they, they kind of like didn't want to hurt yeah. their parent company, parent company's brand oh, that's <laughs> by super, having that's Santa Claus. crazy, man. Uh, I mean, Coca-Cola invented the modern image of Santa Claus, basically. Did they really? Yeah. Isn't like, that isn't that so fucking interesting to you? Like, okay, so there's definitely, like, historically, in my mind, there are some very notable Coca-Cola ad campaigns, uh-huh. and um, among them, the top-tier ad campaigns that Coca-Cola has run are, um, are Christmas campaigns. That being said, why... Would anyone drink Coca-Cola around Christmas? Like, it's such a summer sort of thing. I, like, I just don't... I don't make the connection between cola and Santa. It's not no, there. No, see, like, the connection is... Is Coke and Americana. Yeah. Coke and... Yeah. History. That's you know? very true. And... It's so much deeper. Warm feelings and, and love and whatnot. It's It's like... That's... That's their brand is all good feelings all the time. Yeah. And yeah, and this in Silent Night, Deadly Night flies in the fucking face of good feelings. Anyways, yeah, so the production schedule is kind of or the produ- the uh release kind of undercut the success of this movie. They re released it later on videotape or, or something and it got a cult following. But this was uh, this was released in a year that was just an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Eighty four is the the most impressive year for movies, yeah. like horror movies, all movies. Eighty four had Temple of Doom, yeah, had Gremlins, yeah, and Ghostbusters all come out on the same day, yeah, it, uh, or were playing on the same day. I'm not sure Temple Doom like, was released the same day, but and Nightmare on Elm Street, like I haven't even looked up what I mean, but I I remember that year in particular just had a ton of 
classic blockbusters that people still watch today. Yeah, yeah, huge movies. It's interesting. It's interesting that this came out beat Nightmare against Nightmare on Elm Street. Beat Nightmare on Elm Street got pulled because of uh, possibly political issues slash. I mean, well, they're all political issues, PR and issues, public outrage. Yeah, yeah, public outrage. I mean, I can totally see this being a public outrage thing, especially especially back then, because um, it's that first. It's it's in the first eighth of the movie, in the very first act, is there's some upsetting imagery yeah. and ideas and exploitation and and it's around christmas and santa yeah <laughs> and you can't touch santa bitch yeah so in terms of of talking points i <clears throat> i kind of have this loosely laid out but i remember the first moment i was bought into the movie is seeing that baby in the car <laughs> i don't know what it was about that baby it was just like slightly ugly and just like <laughs> meh it's like meh <laughs> And they, they shot of this baby. It yeah. was like, oh, this is. There was a lot just of... subtly, like, subtly twisted. Just that, just within the first like ten seconds. I'm See? like, this all is, right, this is what I'm talking about. I I told you guys, you won't understand Bryce's reasons <laughs> for liking something, and you even when you do, you can't appreciate it on the level that he can. Right, he's like. I tell you what, the moment I bought into Silent Night, Deadly Night was when I saw that Elmer Fudd baby. <laughs> and you're like, what? And he's like, that baby's fucking ugly. And, and you're like, okay. And it's just like, you have to appreciate that everything in a movie is intentional. And someone chose out of a roster of adorable babies that baby. Yeah. This is just amusing to me. They did. And, and out of all the shots of a baby being cute... And like, it just cross-eyed shows the shot where it's just like a bubble coming out its nose. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was sitting on a mama's lap, and that that both of us were like, you know, because we had a little kid. Uh-huh. So like, oh, it's not in a child seat. And and I I look over to Carrie with that knowing glance, and I'm like, they were different times mm-hmm. when I grew up. I was born in 1984, woman. I yeah. didn't sit in no, no we, seat. We survived. We survived. Okay, one of the one of the big parts for me appreciating this movie, and I don't know if you noticed or appreciated, but the original Christmas music Burn. was just so fantastic. I, I mean, I was in choir, so I sang pretty much every standard Christmas carol about fifty times each Christmas season, and you know, if you listen to the radio for like. 10 minutes you've yeah. heard every christmas song during christmas and this movie had these great original christmas songs written by morgan ames and they all sound artificially christmasy yeah while having a slightly menacing undertone yeah that is true it's <laughs> i i pulled clips of all of them so we can we can listen to examples but there's just something slightly off about all of them and you're like what it just pulls your attention just enough that you're like i don't know i loved them do it okay here's a this is the uh, one that's most like a like an actual christmas carol okay when saints and angels sing among us holly hung just right and faces bright with 
Christmas fever. Happy the happy day. Candles Christmas fever. Tables full. Drawers are spilling wrapping paper. Closets stuffed with down and wool. <laughs> so it's like just this cheery, cheery Christmas melody. And for some reasons. Talking about a Christmas fever. I got a Christmas fever. <laughs> I'm so cold. <laughs> I'm so cold. Just something slightly off about that. Here's here's another one. Um, Closets filled with snow and wool. Santa's watching. Santa's creeping. Now you're nodding. Now. Were you good for mom and dad? Santa knows if you've been bad. There might be a tree. So it's like <laughs> Santa's watching, Santa's creeping. Doom. It's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, persuasion really, of doom in the background. Really, like, uh, highlights the dark side of Christmas. Of yeah. Just slightly. I mean, they're, and they're not, they're so subtle. It's not obvious. Like, Car- unless you pull them out and listen to them on its own. Like, in in the movie, it's all, all those songs, all these songs are, um, exception of maybe one or two are diegetic. So it means it happens in the scene. Like, someone in the movie is actually singing it or it's coming from a radio oh, okay. as opposed to just non-diegetic is okay watch over out. over the top fucking throwing you it's like the, the score or whatever here. hey man we're movie reviewers we got to use these these words <laughs> um it's it, yeah there a, a, a tremendous amount of care has obviously gone into even the artificially made christmas song soundtrack right to this movie which does I mean, it just falls lockstep in line with the rest of the care that has been that has gone yeah, into yeah. every every part of this movie. And then I have one final one. This isn't. I think this is technically a Christmas one, but it's more of just an '80s um, montage music because it was over the montage. I'm not the fucking montage. Okay, so this is this is the scene where oh, I love the montage where Billy gets <sighs> hired at the store and. Um, the store manager was just convinced that, like, okay, yeah, I can take this orphan because I he's l- actually an eighteen-year-old guy. With I love a bunch this of muscles. Part. Yeah, I, d- I did too. And then so he just gets hired and says, like, come back on Monday at nine nine o'clock. And then just the most generic eighties montage of working in a store stocking shelves happens with this song over the top. Nine o'clock sharp. Oh, thank you, Mister Sims. It's so wholesome. Everybody will be there, and they'll be smiling at me, and I won't need no more on the one side of the door. 
I was remarking to Carrie about this. I was like, did he say the wrong side of the door? And then I was like, no, it must be the warm side of the door, right? Yeah. yeah. The warm side of the door. But it could be the wrong side of the door. It's, uh... <laughs> that one isn't one of the Christmas songs, technically. But the as far as the original... side of the door! Is it like an original song? It's like, why... Like, you could have used, you know, some Scorpion song or something, like, from the 80s. You could have used any any generic 80s rock song, Striper. but they went through the effort of getting an original song exactly for this moment. I, I don't know. It's, it's just good... really impressive. <laughs> it's, a, it's a labor of love. Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night. And then, um, I'll skip forward a couple bullet points. Um the other thing is just the really competent writing. So the dialogue really sets up the plot and reinforced and amplified Billy's mental issues and what brings him to the point of his break. I turn the page and I see in all caps, aggressive breast nuzzling. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> I couldn't, could not contain myself. Uh, but the writing is just surprisingly tight. It is tight. And and there's callbacks to explain stuff. Like um so it it starts out the one of the first scenes is Billy and his family visit grandpa and grandpa is comatose, supposedly. And but when Billy's parents disappear, <laughs> I was <laughs> this, uh, Why are this you leaving other, him? Why are you leaving is, him? This is the other point point when I just like I t- completely bought into it because the parents leave and i thought to myself it would be so fucking hilarious if the grandpa just like quickly turned his head and went (laughs) and started talking to him and it wasn't quick but that's exactly what happened like he looked over and he was like started being the harbinger of doom (laughs) for this little kid i'm your fucking grandpa right you know what's scary Christmas Eve. Like, so this Whoa. is this is crazy grandpa. You know what happens Christmas Eve, don't you? You know all about Santa Claus. He brings presents to all good boys and girls. <laughs> Your daddy told you that, didn't he? Well, I'll tell you something. Santa Claus only brings presents to them that's been good all year. To the ones that ain't done nothing naughty. I look over at this part and Bryce is just like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm beaming. It's so great. It's so perfect. Just like... You know what Santa does? What does Santa do, Grandpa? He he only brings friends to those... (laughs) That ain't no nothing wrong. Oh, God. Okay, oh, Grandpa. All right, Grandpa. Good talking to you, Grandpa. I gotta go. And so Grandpa says something like, uh, yeah, I mean, th- that line of, you know what happens on Christmas Eve. And and then later, right before Billy's uh, psychotic break, his store, his drunk store manager is talking to him. And at this point, Billy's, you know, in the Santa costume and confused because he's drunk and never been drunk before. And is store manager says this hey santa santa you you better sober up you got a long night ahead of you 
remember what Santa Claus does on Christmas Eve, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I know what he does. <laughs> better get started. Oh. I better get started. <laughs> so I, I got to set that clip up a little bit. Yeah, that, that does need a little bit more setup than the grandpa clip. So the so he, I'll just give everyone the premise of this movie. Right. right. So after Billy goes to see his grandfather and his grandfather says that weird shit to him, uh-huh. um, they're driving home and they they drive up on a broken down car with a dude in a Santa costume. And Billy's like. Don't fucking stop this car, Dad. That's Santa. <laughs> Grandpa warned me about that guy. Santa is fucking scary. Let's keep driving. And Dad's like, no, it'll be fine. We'll stop and talk to Santa. He probably has presents for you. Santa then proceeds to brutally murder his parents. Right. Shooting, and sexually assault his mom. Yes. Shooting his father in the head, stabbing him once or twice, ripping his mother's brazier open exposing her breasts mm-hmm. and while billy runs off into the ditch to try to escape he watches his mother uh be assaulted and then have her neck slashed by santa claus and so billy's a little fucked when it comes to santa claus <laughs> and so when his store manager says no 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 hang on there's oh, yeah. one more piece to this okay so now billy gets this job in the in the grocery store 10 12 years later something like that or in a toy store and then he and then they they need somebody to play santa claus and billy's like i can't fucking no 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 yeah I can't normally play santa. Be, before this anytime we see billy around santa claus he's literally running away and cowering in a corner in the fetal position very very accurate ptsd like shit going on with billy yeah. in this movie yeah and then they're like Okay, Billy, your job hinges on you playing the man who raped and killed your parents. Yeah. And uh, and Billy, you know, then... And that's the... Pre- and that sets him over the edge. And that's the premise of this movie. Yeah. And then so when his, when his boss says, like, you know what Santa Claus does on Christmas Eve, don't you? And Billy's, like, having flashbacks <laughs> of, like, his mom being raped and murdered. He's like, yeah, I know. I know what he like, does. Y- yeah, I guess... He's like, well, you better get at it. It's time to do that thing. <laughs> so Billy's like, oh, I'm Santa now. I must go and avenge. Everything is turning All naughtiness. Red. Yeah, so it's like, the, <laughs> just the setup for things is... Tight. Tight. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, it's... Hilarious. It's, really, it's hilarious and really entertaining. Um and it's over the top and exploitative, but it's in a way that's really creative, I thought. Yeah, this is like a Florida, very Florida man story. How <laughs> <laughs> so? Florida man goes on a killing spree in a Santa costume right. after <laughs> after Santa kills his parents. Right. Um, speaking of important parts of this movie, let's talk about the titties. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think there's any woman that gets murdered in this movie that isn't first fully breast exposed. There was a decent... Now thinking back on it, there was a decent amount of boobage. Just every every killing scene of a woman is preceded by her shirt being either ripped open or lovingly open. 
<laughs> opened somehow. Opened somehow. Right. And none of them were wearing bras. It well, was a different time. Yeah, exactly. But I, his his mom, see her boobies? Mm-hmm. Um, Pamela, see her boobies? Yeah, there's a, a woman getting it on in the convent or in the orphanage. Right. But she's she's not murdered. But yeah, we see we see some some boobies there. Yeah, and then the random lady that gets killed inside her house. Or it do, is it weird that it doesn't even like it doesn't even register for me anymore? It's just it's not even. It almost I don't even notice it. Like I noticed it with the mom because that was alarming. Yeah, and that scene will stick with me. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, I don't remember much of that. I mean, it's it's just a great example of. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is what slashers do. This is what this these movies are about: right. is showing boobs and killing people, right? And, and uh, killing those boobs. It has a lot of both in this movie. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> oh yeah, <laughs> the other thing that was distracting the, the the sex scene in the the orphanage or whatever very distracting. There was actual nipple tweaking, and it's one of those things that you don't realize <laughs> you see in a lot of movies until you see it, and you're like. Oh god damn. Like they're really like someone is really enjoying this yeah, this yeah. shooting it's schedule. W- yeah, you know? it, it felt weird to see it. It was like, yeah, yeah. you like that? And it was like you. <laughs> Clearly no one would like that. <laughs> like, don't don't show me somebody getting their nipples tweaked. It's just uncomfortable for everyone. Um The eighties were was a really magical time for horror movies. It really just like in every sense. Yeah, in every sense. It, I mean, in the the fun sense, in the, I mean, mostly in the fun sense. But also in, like, the gore sense and just, yeah. it's this magical time where I don't understand how, how the bad acting worked yeah. in 80s movies. And, like, I can pull myself out of it. I can, like, separate myself from the nostalgia. And I can watch horror movies and just on the surface the acting's bad the scripts are not great right but somehow it works it, it pulls sold, it all together and it's just believable as a whole yeah there's you know? there's some sort of aura around it that makes it untouchable and also great and it's has a lot to do with practical effects and makeup and yeah. and like <sighs> but i see like horror movies now like if like a uh, hellfest the acting wasn't good. No. The writing wasn't good. S- in similar fashion to in, 80s movies. In the different... the, But what I come away feeling is annoyed. Like, yeah. Oh, that's just dumb. And I, I don't know why... I think 80s movies do a better job of just accepting it and owning it. Just like, this is the quality of movie that we're doing. We accept it. We're not going to try to... You know, be more ambitious than yeah. It might be that the it's not and a, the script allows. It might be that it's not try hardy. You know, yeah. it might and and like there's there's just an acceptance that this yeah this is a backlot shot. Like all of this is shot on a is shot on a soundstage. Yeah, and like we're not going for the moon here. We just got to get creep show out. You know, like, you know. I just I just realized one thing that might point to the reason why it works that i think modern day horror movies um the dialogue is much more 
if not actually improved, it's written to sound spontaneous and yeah. improved in the moment. Real. It's, it's, it's supposed to be to, real. Yeah, it's written to, to supposed to be real, but it's written by, you know, late 30s males or like 40 year old males that are like trying to Sound write natural. like teenagers. Oh. Like, let's use the lingo. Hello, fellow kids. That's definitely part of it. And in 80s movies, it's just unapologetic. It's it's a function of the plot. Like, I need to have this person say this to move forward the movie. And yeah. it's closer to a play to where you, you just say things that normal people wouldn't say, but you got to say them because it's a movie. Right. Yeah, th- that's definitely a part of it. Um, I think there's a, obviously a lot going yeah. on there. But yeah. yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. This thing where we're supposed to buy into this is reality. Eh, doesn't work so well. We know we're watching a movie when we watch Hellfest, and it's only highlighted by the bad dialogue. Right. And it's weird. There's this another point about this movie is that I actually cared about the characters. That's always like a real sign of quality for me, is yeah. if I actually care what happens to the people or understand what what that person is supposed to be or what their character is. And with newer movies, it's... They use that, uh, you know, they use the lingo and, like, kids talking like kids to make you, to assume that you will uh, identify with them. And maybe I'm just old man Hanson now that I don't identify with them at all. But I think in terms of, like, characterizing someone in a movie, it's more important to portray their values and their thought process and their history yeah and like explain thoroughly how they're going to act in a certain situation and it makes sense yeah you, you know? want to connect with them on you want to connect with them as a character not right. not not as a person not through through their dialogue you don't want to know that they're a real person you don't care about that you just want you want to care about their character yeah, so in this movie, Billy is one of those rare cases where his psychosis is actually explained. Like, the, the killer's motives are understood. Very well. It's not Michael Myers where it's like, well, he's just a bad seed, you know? Yeah. it's It all makes sense. Um, the other example is Pamela's death felt tragic because it's like, oh, she liked him, you know? Yeah. Pamela was a co-worker in the toy store, and you could tell that she... She was into Billy. She was into Billy. I mean, she was also into the other guy in the cowboy boots. Not as much. Not as much, but, like, she was was open and caring towards him, and then Billy sees her, um, well, basically being raped or sexually assaulted. Certainly the way it was portrayed. And, uh, and, you know... In his mind, at the time, the flip is the switch is flipped, and so he just labels her as naughty, and he kills her brutally. And you're just like, and the look in Pamela's eyes as Billy is doing that is very convincing. Of like, why? Why are you like? Doing why this? are you doing this? You know, I know you. You're a good person, and you're. And I was like watching him, like, oh no, poor Pamela. Like, really? I actually cared that she. I was like, no, Billy, don't, don't kill pamela you're the right person to be reviewing this movie because (laughs) i 
I feel for your character, the character that is Bryce. <laughs> I believe that you believe all of all of this. Uh-huh. You know, very strongly. Mm-hmm. It's this is you. <laughs> and I and I identify as someone who like cares about you. <laughs> In your caring about this movie. I just am not the guy who cares about this okay. movie. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. I don't know how to take that. And then and then just and then the the uh the throwaway killings are even great. The uh just this random <laughs> father O'Brien that gets killed. This is another great sequence. Um so they're they're hunting down Billy. And the Santa suit. And, of course, like, the only description they have is, like, well, obviously, it's the guy in a Santa suit. And so they are they know he's coming back to the orphanage. So they're like, shoot on sight, Santa. <laughs> Kill Santa on sight right away. <laughs> so um, Santa starts coming up to the orphanage, and all these kids are outside playing in the snow. And they're like, look, it's Santa. And then <laughs> Santa goes walking up and gets shot in the back, like, four times. And then... Um, one of the sisters is riding in, in the car with the chief of police or whatever, and they receive the call that we got him, we got him boys. And here's that, here's that scene. The man dressed as Santa Claus was shot and killed at St. Mary's home. Ambulance is on the way. I'm sorry, sister. But at least it's all over. Uh, Captain, we got a problem here. The description of the dead man, it's all wrong. What do you mean all wrong? Uh, Bart says the guy's about 50, under 6 feet tall. My God, it's Father O'Brien. He was our Santa this year. The kid we're looking for is 18. Bart's wanted the guy to stop, Captain. He didn't respond. Of course not. He's deaf. He couldn't hear it. <laughs> Just so. Of course he didn't respond. He's deaf. Uh, Everything falls into place yeah. as though it were designed to. Yeah, it's so great. You know exactly what they're doing. But for some reason, it doesn't feel as cheap. Because you're like, oh, yeah, poor, it, for poor Father O'Brien. It doesn't feel as cheap because the character, the cop character that killed Father O'Brien, like, now you get to watch his story and he's like, He's appropriately upset. He's like, oh, god damn it. I just killed a fucking priest? Yeah. Uh, Like, in front of a bunch of kids. So now he's all fucked up. He's like, oh, no, I shot Santa, and it was a clergy, and the whole guy. Yeah. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's it's such a a hilariously tragic thing that happens. (laughs) This whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. Yeah, those are... (laughs) Those are Bryce great. Is like, he's like looking I'm looking off, off into the middle distance, just the, loving this movie. Just, just reveling in it, rolling around. Are you going to buy this movie? Um, Make this a Christmas? Uh, I mean, I might. It's so good. I don't think you have a choice. You gave it a 9 out of 10. <laughs> you ca- yeah, it just got released on Blu-ray. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's it was released like, you know, back in the 80s, like 87 or something on, on videotape. And it hasn't been around. It's been out of print forever. So wow. I think it's just kind of a forgotten relic. But you know, I still I would still hear about it on lists and stuff. Yeah. But it's just thrown into the bucket of like, oh yeah, this is a Christmas horror movie. But for me, this stands out. Yeah, it it's, is. 
especially after watching Black Christmas. Black Christmas was just so boring. Meh. It's like, okay, it gets so much goodwill because of some of the trivia around it and the fact that it was the first and the fact that it's got Christmas in the title. But this one is... Is it, what on it its, should have been on its own a great horror movie? Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, it's. I'd be interested to actually. I'd be interested to see what the Blu-ray um, copy looks like um, just on on full playthrough because even the streaming um, copy uh, had quite a few little spots where you know the the film had suffered. Yeah, um, yeah. It goes like from like distinct little clips that they weren't huge. They were just little, um, little uh, like transition clips uh-huh. where, yeah, the film would be very degraded, like degraded. Like it, yeah. it, 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 some something was not stored right, and like these little sections. Yeah, got, it was slightly slightly distracting because. You know, it would look like a normal film stock or, you know, a restored mm-hmm. image. Yeah. And then in the same scene, a different shot would be, looked like it was the fifth copy of taping it off of television on a VHS tape. Yeah, some and bootleg, spliced it bootleg, in. bootleg version. Or like when whenever you watch like on DVD extras where it has the deleted scenes and they splice it into where it's supposed to go in the film. Yeah, and, and the, it's, the part where is actually in the film is high quality, and all of a sudden you get the just really weird, dull the seventy millimeter that dark, hadn't been stored correctly for a while. Yeah, and it's got like the time code on it and stuff. It does that in this movie a couple times. Yeah, so I'd be interested to see what that Blu-ray copy yeah, looks I like. I don't know if it was if it says it's restored or not, but I don't I, know it's, how much there is to do there. It's great that yeah, it's great that it's released again. Yeah. And I think it comes with their. They made a documentary about the making of this movie that I couldn't find anywhere because I was really curious about learning about the making of it. <laughs> yeah, but I think the the Blu-ray has it because the documentary just came out last year. That's really that's really the only thing that physical media is good for anymore. Yeah. Is extras? Is extras? Yeah, yeah. I guess digital stuff you can get extras, but I'm like, who's gonna really? Who's gonna watch that? Yeah, that's. Uh, for most people, that's way too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Okay. Now let's talk about aggressive breast nuzzling. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> when we talked about Pamela's death, and preceding that is her sexual assault by um, the Napoleon Complex guy. Yeah. And uh, it was <laughs> one of those things where... Was it... Did that jump out at you, too? Oh, yeah. Because he rips open her shirt and starts assaulting her, and his choice of assault is to aggressively (laughs) nuzzle and rub his his cheeks against the middle of her chest bone, you know? She's like, no! Probably because his stubble hurt. Yeah. (laughs) He's, like, gouging into her chest. Like sandpaper. Which is like just an interesting choice when just minutes before we saw, uh, in my mind, the only nipple tweaking on film. Eh, you like that? Just like very... Ow. <laughs> very explicit, but when it gets to the rape scene, it's just like, I just want to cuddle up to you so much. 
Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, it's it, it smacks of a guy who wasn't given the appropriate. Who's not a not a very good actor, and B was not given enough direction. <laughs> and it's like, okay, assault her, and he's like, and didn't didn't really clear it. He was probably not like, hey, actress, I'm gonna do this. Is that fine? You yeah. know. Yeah. And I was thinking about doing this, and so it's either like the actress said, like, no, not not at all. You can nuzzle my chest bone. That's about <laughs> it. Or it's like nothing, nothing was cleared, and he's like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. It's like, um, so, <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, first of, all, first of all, hands off. And he's like, okay, then face, I guess. <laughs> uh this movie takes place in Utah. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a lot of phlegm. Yeah, um, you're you're uh, you're kind of a factory. What's going on with you? I've got a little bit of a cold. I'm super aroused. <laughs> so this takes place in Utah, and it actually looked a lot like um, one of my former wor- uh, f- former work place offices in eden utah i was like i wonder if this is an eden because it's a really really small town nestled in the mountains you worked in utah you lived in utah no i didn't live in utah but i the company i worked for had an office in utah that i would visit like a couple times a year and it was an eden other than that just everyone worked remotely yet another uh little little bit of this movie that pushes it closer to hereditary because mm-hmm. that's where Hereditary took place, so maybe... Where? Utah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It did t- take place in Utah. So it was um, It was actually filmed... I looked it up. It was filmed in Heber City, which is just, I mean, basically the same type of place. It's a really small town nestled in, in the mountains. It's kind of the ski ski area. So Heber City is just, you know, a couple minutes away from Park City. Uh, of course, where the Sundance Film Festival is. Oh, damn! It's a big, it's a big, big ski town. It's where the Olympics were to do held. You know, back in two thousand. Was it two thousand? Um, the Winter yeah. Olympics. When the Winter Olympics were in Salt Lake City, it was actually most of it was in Park City. Okay. Um. So. But yeah, I, I could definitely tell when they said they were in Utah. I I could tell it was Utah just yeah, because of those mountains. Yeah, it looks it looks just like uh, a lot of Utah and New Mexico, where it's like high a high place with mountains in the background, right? And, and snow everywhere. What was distracting for me? I'm sure this wasn't distracting for you. It was took place in Utah, and there was no mention of Mormons it, at all. It was distinctly distracting to me. I'm pretty keyed into the whole Mormon thing, because you're, you, you're Mormon, and, um, like, I grew up with a bunch of Mormons, uh-huh. and all my friends were Mormon, and so, like, yeah, it doesn't, it didn't, uh, did not escape me that this was a movie about Catholics in <laughs> Utah. Yeah. Gotta be a, a tenuous hold on their popular and it was i guess it did center around an orphanage so i get i mean that in in terms of it making sense an orphanage being catholic makes sense no matter where it is yeah it was it was just surprising that mormons weren't mentioned at all mormon well um i mean yes 
and it was there was a lot of religious if it you know, were real stuff. life that would make total sense right. but because it's a movie made uh-huh. in the 80s there's no fucking way they're going to talk about mormons that's true mormons were not known in the 80s yeah <laughs> no and i think the religious imagery of catholicism when you're using these types of things are just too it's too tempting yeah. and too too easy to use as a shorthand yeah, in film. and it wouldn't have been it. It would have been almost mean spirited to to the Mormon Church had this been a Mormon orf- orphanage, because the way that that Mother Superior <laughs> treated Billy was really brutal, and you can get away with doing that to the making the Catholic Church seem brutal because they're f- fucking brutal because <laughs> you know they. You know, they don't make a big deal about raping a bunch of kids. Right. But if you did that to the Mormons in the 80s, that would have been just not fair. Okay, finally, just the last thing to talk about, the creativity in the deaths. It was really (laughs) impressive. I don't think anyone was really killed the same way twice if they were killed by Billy. Right. Yeah, that's probably accurate. So, like, um, in terms of Billy's kills bill's kills bill's kills there's the little guy raping pamela he was strangled with christmas lights mm, very christmasy which is the second so today we're recording two episodes uh this one in gremlins which will be released next week yeah so um, watch gremlins watch gremlins but how yeah, could gr- you not on gremlins also has a christmas tree light strangling scene it just makes sense yeah um Pamela, she was disemboweled with a box cutter. Yeah, the store store owner gets killed with a claw hammer to the head. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is very creative. The lady, the other lady in the store, got killed with an arrow to the back. Yeah, it's impressive that the toy store had a functional <laughs> and murderous bow and arrow set. Right. Uh, the random lady at the house got stabbed with antlers. Yeah. That was that probably was disturbing. probably the best one. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, one of those stick with you deaths. The <laughs> the guy <laughs> at, the guy at the house that was having sex with lady with said uh, antler lady. Uh, one of my favorite words: defenestration. What is that? It's thrown out a window. Ah, wow! What the fuck? Yeah, there's a specific word for being thrown out a window. It's called defenestration it really sounds like something having to do with poop yeah nope just throwing out a window um <laughs> a kid on the snow sled is beheaded with an axe i think i have a, a clip of that Punish. no uh, anyways <laughs> no oh wait this, i think it's this one <laughs> You really get that. <laughs> yeah. Naughty. <laughs> uh, and then um, the cop at the orphanage is axed to the chest. And then he also, the, one one final kill by Billy is a snowman that's beheaded with the axe. Just says, fuck this snowman in particular. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's other deaths, and, but but all the deaths that that Billy did were one offs. It was very great. creative. Yeah, very good very job. creative. Good, good good job, Billy. Let's give a golf clap. 
so anyways, that's all the, the stuff I want to talk about. There's there's lots of other stuff in the in the movie and lots of just interesting points and non sequitur stuff. Um, highly recommend it. So my f- final recommendations for who would like this: uh, people that love cult classics or finding um, lost lost treasures. Yeah. Uh, this mo- movie works on a lot of levels. If you're a horror fan, I. I would really be surprised if you didn't wouldn't like this movie. Yeah, if you, I mean, it's two do, It's a buck ninety nine to rent on yeah. YouTube. So just just drop it because yeah. it's uh, it's it's fun. Yeah, and it's and uh, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. So you you yeah. You, if you deserve this, if you're going, if you're looking for a Christmas horror film, I I'd be surprised if there's one better than this one. I mean, Gremlins is. In my mind, better than this one. Yeah, I mean, Gremlins is is great. It's, I, I would probably rate it the same, but uh, but everybody specifically knows about that. like as exploitational about Christmas, like specifically uh, that is the gimmick. Yeah this this, this is, is definitely this is definitely a totally different world from Gremlins that fills the same niche, which yeah. is a Christmas horror, right? movie and uh it's 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 interesting gremlins i think people understand it takes place in christmas but it's more like the diehard christmas movie it's like right it's more ironic to point out that it took that it's a christmas movie right um yeah um so yeah what who would you recommend it to yeah i think you nailed nailed it on the head there cult classic uh people people who i mean if slashers aren't your thing, then this movie not a hard knot for you. I'm gonna say, <laughs> yeah. But other than that, if you know, if you your if you, your sensibilities aren't easily uh, offended, this is a pretty easy easy. It's not like it's a really exploitational movie. It starts out pretty pretty raw, but um, then it just goes into goofy mode. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah. It, you'll you'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. If you only like psychological horror, then maybe this one isn't yours. But even then, it's like there's a good psychological element to it. There is. It's impressive to see their depiction, their very real depiction of PTSD. Yeah. All right. So that's uh that's our recommendation. Go see it. Let's do taglines. Here's taglines. Taglines. How many you got? I got three. Taglines is a game that we play where we write alternate taglines for uh, for the movie that could work for it. Yeah. So yeah. Here's Bryce's. Silent night, deadly night. Santa's got a sleigh. <laughs> I like that. Ayo. That's oh. that could be a real tagline. Yeah. One of the one of the original title of this movie was Sleigh Ride. S L A Y. Yeah, that right? makes sense. Um fucking slayer. <laughs> um the uh yeah, all of these taglines are pretty 
they would actually work for this movie, I think. Right. Like, you could actually... Like, these aren't funny or ironic. I mean, they are, and that's why they would work actually as a real tagline for right. this movie. Right, right. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. This Christmas, the only thing waiting under the tree is PTSD. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. Bad Santa. <laughs> That's the that's the new modern tagline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Silent Night, Deadly Night. There's a reason Santa wears red. I like that. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. But first tits. <laughs> <laughs> well that one probably wouldn't actually make it on there. But I like it. Uh Silent Night, Deadly Night. You be nice, he'll be naughty. <laughs> All right, next we'll play a game called Kill Count. One, One two, two, three, four, five, three, six, seven, eight, four, nine, ten, five, 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 I really dislike that. David hates that it intro. Makes me. It makes my skin crawl uh, because it's on too tight. Okay, kill count. Kill count is a game where I pull the body count from different movies and I give David a chance to guess which one is higher. So on this version. We're looking at westerns versus horror movies. Do your worst. All right. You can play along at home. Let us know how you do on Twitter. Number one, 1966 western, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, man. Versus 2007's Resident Evil Extinction. Oh, you're doing your thing. I happen to know Resident Evil has a fucking very high kill count in the hundreds i'm gonna go 137 on resident evil extinction and uh but that being said westerns they don't they're not light fair yeah surprisingly high oh like, yeah I was, it life in westerns is treated like garbage it's <laughs> just to be thrown away right I'm going I'm still going to go with Resident Evil on this one cuz you picked a it, uh you picked one where like I think bombs go off and shit like yeah. that so The good and the bad and the ugly 126 deaths damn Holy cow like there must be like a whole Mexican village that gets wiped out or yeah. something like that Resident Evil Extinction 124 what the fuck, Bryce? <laughs> two, two different. Two different. Win goes to Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. All right. I got a new game that I came up with for Gremlins oh, for next week. And it is just as brutal and thrashing towards you as you're being towards me oh, right good. now. Um, number two. 1978 horror movie Dawn of the Dead. Versus 1969, The Wild Bunch. I I don't have any idea. <laughs> uh, but because... 
David's because, trying to play the meta game. Well, now. there is no meta what, game what to is be Bryce had. Trying to do here. There is no meta game to be had really when when two deaths separate a movie. You know, it's just it's just kind of the it's just a kind of a, th- a th- you throw your hands up in the air and just point it. Well, one. it's surprising that there's only two deaths that separate it. Well, yeah, it yes, it's surprising, but there is no game to be played there. You know, it's. We're playing the game. I know, I know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, there's no psychology behind it for me. I can't. Um, You're delaying. I'm going to say the Western. Dawn of the Dead. God damn it! <laughs> has 175 kills in it. The Wild Bunch, 145. So that's like a difference of 30. Wow. I, I, I guess I need to watch more Westerns. Number three, Tombstone, 1993, with uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell and uh, and um, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Val, Val Kilmer. I'll be your Huckleberry. Versus 1987 Predator. Tombstone versus Predator. So, first you had a Western, or no, I'm sorry, first you had a... First was Western. First was Western. Next second was, was horror. horror. And this one is going to be Western. It is not Predator. It is Tombstone. It is Predator. It is Predator. That's what I said. <laughs> 64 deaths. Tombstone had 55. Okay. Yeah, Tombstone. That was a blood fest in there. I, you know, I don't get... I, you must have had to watch Tombstone when it came out. Because I watched it last year. Because everybody's like, oh, Tombstone, that great old movie. And, I mean, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't really much anything to me. Like, Val Kilmer was cool. Yeah. Well, that's, like, the the best part of it is Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday. Yeah. Everything else is okay. But, I mean, if you put it up against Wyatt Earp, which came out the same year with Kevin Costner. Or Paint Your Wagon. It is a hundred times... More entertaining, really, than White Earp. White Earp is probably much more historically accurate, but it's boring. You know the thing about history? It's boring. It's like the uh, Dances with Wolves about White Earp. <laughs> okay, uh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Uh, okay, number four, The Last House on the Left, two thousand nine, with Jennifer Lawrence or Maverick. 1994 with Mel Gibson and uh, James, whatever his name is. Gandolfini? No. <laughs> Gun. <laughs> oh, what's his name? He was the original Maverick on the TV show. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, it's It was The Strangers, right? The Last House on oh. the Left or Maverick? I'm going to go with Maverick because The Last House on the Left does not have very many people in it. And I haven't seen Maverick. You haven't seen Maverick? I don't think so. Oh, that's a delightful movie. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I should go see it. And I'm banking on it. Maverick had four deaths uh-huh. in it. Uh-huh. The Last House on the Left? Three. Six. Oh. Okay. Is that all of them? Did I just did I just do your zero worst? out of four? Okay. Number five, your last opportunity for redemption is uh, for a few dollars more, nineteen sixty five uh prequel to the good, the bad and the ugly. Not prequel. It was the second 
movie in a series, I think. Okay. Um, or Day of the Dead, 1985. Day of the Dead. It's for a few dollars more. God <laughs> For a few dollars more, had 42 deaths. Day of the Dead had 40. Uh, a lot. They were really uh, close. Uh, I would not expect any of those to be that close. Except like, maybe the Predator one. Yeah. Yeah. Predator has actually had a lot of deaths for like... Yeah, it just sure had does. like a little group. All I remember is like a little group of mercenaries, there's but a, I guess the, the all the people that the mercenaries kill. Is there's a village, yeah. There's yeah. A, not a village. It's like a it's like an encampment for bad guys. Yeah. So, anyways, that was kill count. David lost big zero time. out of five. Like, Tell I, us how you did on on Twitter or uh, Facebook or wherever you wanna wanna find us. You can even leave a comment on the post for this episode. Um. So that's it for today. Thanks everyone for listening and subscribing. If you do subscribe, or even if it's your first time listening, please leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate the feedback. If you want to go even extra, you can take our listener survey that's available on our website. It's in the main nav ribbon or on the post for this episode. It'll be in the sidebar. A couple plugs at the bottom. Shutter is a sponsor. And if you want to check them out, get a 30-day free trial by using HMT. H. As in horror, M as in movie, T as in talk. <laughs> okay, yeah, there we go. There we go. HMT at checkout, and you'll get 30-day free trial to Shutter as opposed to the regular seven-day free trial. So why not? Uh, also, check out uh, our Amazon link. If you go to our website and click through to Amazon on the button at the top, we'll receive a little love from them if you buy something on Amazon, or even if you rent a movie that we talk about. Um, just click through that green button in the header of the website and share the love. You're going to be doing Christmas shopping anyway, so why not? Any special thanks? Uh, I would like to say thanks to everyone who's listening for, uh, we're, we're approaching the end of the year and I've had a really, really great time doing this podcast and watching our audience grow and interacting with everyone and so merry christmas and thank you for uh for helping horror movie talk out we really appreciate it and uh yeah and if you're looking for a gift for your friends this holiday season share the gift of horror movie talk yeah share that gift share share the share the podcast with your friends they're gonna have time they're gonna be on christmas break Tell them it's a. Tell them that you already purchased the uh, a a year's subscription to Horror Movie Talk, <laughs> and a year subscription costs a hundred dollars. Yeah. So then they open up their phone. They're like, "Oh, look at all this value I just got," mm-hmm. and we get we you help us out too. Uh huh. So actually, if you're at here, here's what you can do. We'll we'll do this together, listeners. All right, you're gonna be home. All your family's gonna be there. Your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your dogs. They've all got smartphones. Just yeah. go go on those smartphones. Hit Sub- subscribe. Sub- <laughs> subscribe to Horror Movie Talk. Leave a review on their account. Yeah. Five star. I mean, it'll be our little secret. Yeah, we'll all, we won't tell anybody, we promise. We just want to see those numbers grow. We don't care if the people are real or if they actually listen. 
I do. I do. Well, yeah. Yeah. But seriously, share it with your friends. I know you got friends that like horror movies that you talk to this stuff about. So share the podcast. Ye. Um, with that, with have that, a Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas.